I think maybe you and I have talked about this before. Okay. What do you think is the thing where it's the end of the show and something comes in to save everything that didn't actually make sense for the plot? The deus ex, ma- <laughs> deus ex machina. Okay, so you said it right. No, but like, you got too I think excited, you used to say it wrong. It no, d- weren't we trying to get Claire to say it right? I think we were. <laughs> Because like we are constantly we're constantly torturing our friend Claire. Yes. Um, Can we talk about her for the next hour? Yeah, yeah. we should. Great. She doesn't listen to the pod. Yeah. I've invited her on it many times, and she said, "I don't." But watch she knows Susical, right? She does know Susical. That's the one. That's all we need. You don't need to have an opinion on other musicals. Just Susical. You Susical's just have the most have, important one. You just I have to have, have an, opinion an opinion on one musical. Yeah, that's true. To be a guest on this podcast, and it doesn't even have to be a positive opinion. Yeah, uh, it's probably better if it's not. It's my favorite. Honestly, like, that is bad. better yeah. radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last you night, say it's an expert <laughs> <in> radio. <laughs> Last night we recorded an episode about uh, Titanic, Titanic, and we all loved oh, it. Oh, sure, everyone so, loved it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I didn't see it yet, but everybody loved but it. But it makes for a terrible episode because then you're just going, oh, "We loved it." <laughs> so we, we ended up it. talking about literally anything but the show. <laughs> That's boring. Yeah. It is yeah. pretty good, though. I will say the show is. Oh, I also Great. I have also have an update, but I'm going to save it for the oh air. My God. Okay, like uh, like at the top for yeah. biz. Okay, for biz. Because right. I have to respond oh. Oh, to some allegations last night. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm getting canceled. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Oh, Broadway. Back to another episode of Bits of a Broadway. Bits of a Broadway. Uh, Connor. Yeah. I just realized we used to introduce ourselves, and now we don't. At this point, we're just like, if you don't know who we are, <laughs> why are you listening? Off. Did we really introduce ourselves? We did. I was like, I don't. Was know This is our first year. Yeah, like, I was like, oh, our tens of thousands of listeners yeah, our, will need to know our names for the brand. As for the brand, <laughs> as if the our names aren't on the cover art. And in the episode, and yeah. It, anyway, it's fine. Just thinking about that. Uh, so Connor, yeah, co-host of this podcast, <laughs> famously. Any biz. Famously. Take a shot. Wait, no. Was it take a drink or take a shot? Take a shot when Claire said said it. it. If you and I said it, it was take a sip. Take a sip. And if Claire said it, it was drink the rest of your drink. Yeah, finish your drink. (laughs) Because Claire never says it. She never says it famously. Um, Famously. (laughs) Tight lipped. That was our guest, and we're not going to tell you who that was. Yeah, you just, just have to yet. wait. <laughs> is or it beers can... and metal? Who's talking? <laughs> it could be anybody. We've said no names so far, except Connor. Exactly. I don't know if I was Connor. supposed to talk before I was introduced, but it's I'm just okay. doing it anyway. We're loosey-goosey yeah. we in this place. Imagine having rules. <laughs> now, Connor, before we started, yeah. moments before, you did Mere say you needed, to, you needed to come on and do a little Connor's Corner <laughs> and respond to some allegations, some allegations that have been leveled against you. So, last episode, mm. or the episode before this one, we recorded this one, yeah. we talked a lot about malls in Ugh. the early 2000s. Yes, of course. I asked my sister this morning while I was FaceTiming with my niece and my nephew, <laughs> did Juliet Mall have a Deb? And the answer was no. Wow. Have a what? A Deb. I haven't listened to it. I'm so sorry I'm behind. You're so. Just recorded it last night. Literally last night. Oh, well, that's why I haven't. Otherwise, I would have listened to it by now. And you'd be up on the Discord. And you would Um, would understand what it is. The Deb. The clothing store Deb? No. Not familiar. No. Where are you from originally? Long Island. Uh, Well, yeah, it's not for the. It's it's more Midwest than that, I think. (laughs) 
Although it was started in Philadelphia, which I personally do not consider the Midwest. No, that's I Midwest. Of course, Midwest. Philadelphia is not. In what world would Philadelphia be the Midwest? I've no, seen so that's many basically maps. Jersey. Having, having lived in Philadelphia things. for five years, I'm offended for How some reason. You, like, Nothing wrong with the Midwest, but no. the idea that Philly is part it's of it. Absolutely yeah. not. No. Gritty will attack you. I, I will say that yeah. Deb has Midwest the vibes. Whip Gritty does not us. have Midwest vibes. <laughs> correct. That's correct. That's yeah. a man from the Northeast if I've ever seen one. Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so it's just not. I think Gritty defies gender, but sure. Yeah, sure. They, I guess. They are a creature that comes of the Northeast, I believe. Absolutely. Hails from. Okay, so corrected, yeah. not corrected. Not corrected. Wait, but did you I have players at your Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mall? Okay, good. National chain. So Deb yeah. is just like... <laughs> I don't know if it is. I'm only from Long Island. I don't know what you all have in the Midwest. <laughs> I love that we're just continuing yeah. the discourse from last night. <laughs> it's important. That's a new question I'm asking of all of our guests. What was in your mall? What was in your mall? What were your I top like that four does stores? tell you a lot about a person. I think so, too. Yeah. What was that store... This is the emo store. What was that hot store? Hot Topic. Thank you. <laughs> You're looking right at me. <laughs> I know. I know my audience. Now, I know you'll know the answer. Yeah, I know absolutely. that Spencer's We should introduce our guests. Yeah, no, well, we need to. In a second. Spencer's was not emo, but to me, it was the same as Hot Topic. Spencer's was emo in the sense that they sold a lot of like black clothing. Yeah. It was and emo like, in the jackass sense. Yes. Not emo in the but pop punk sense. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Spencer's was, and also because it was another, another of the two stores in the mall that was just dark. Yeah. They didn't have lights on. Sure. Well, and don't forget Hollister or yeah. Abercrombie, please. The darkest stores in America. <laughs> For a lot of reasons. <laughs> Introduce uh, me. Okay. Okay. Yes. So you Cut know it. that. <laughs> so our guest on this week's episode um, is a return guest, second time on the pod. Famously. Famously. <laughs> uh, she is a uh, professional comedy writer. Oh, you can find her work in McSweeney's yep. um, on uh, the Belladonna. Yep. Have you made New Yorker yet? Not yet. Wow, well, cut that. <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> um, you can also find them on what's the uh, on a Boogie Manja sketch team. What's your sketch yes. team? Evil Twin. Yes. Ooh. Kate Herslin's back on the pod. Yes, I am. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Very exciting. We love. She's here to run circles around Marilyn. That's once right. again. What am I here to do? You're going to run circles around us. Oh, yes, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Academically, I just needed to be schooled. Uh, I, we have to, if, you, if you're just coming into the pod for the first time yeah, on this, this episode. Why are you here? Number one, why are you here? Why? Number two, um, Kate famously talked about Brecht uh, during our cabaret oh. episode. And uh, it truly just blew us out of the water. Literally no more Brechtian shows than the one we're going to talk about today. Wow, we're, we're, we're okay, back on Brad. Back on Brad. And back I'm not going to get it confused with Boal today. <laughs> Look at you we appreciate learning. That. I'm so glad in three years you've learned something. I, I know, me too. <laughs> Finally. That's the only thing, though. <laughs> Nothing else. So true. But if you're going to learn one thing. You got to learn the difference between be. the two. The difference between Boal <laughs> and Brad. Let it you know, be. some people feel they really learned something about like their approach to life during COVID. Yeah. You know, oh, sure. Their, was yours very Brechtian? <laughs> no, I'm just saying yours Your was the difference between Brecht and Boal. <laughs> learned nothing existential. No, not at all. I just really sat down with my theater books and was like, yeah. all right, I'm going to figure this one out. No time for self-reflection. Just two encyclopedias open to the <laughs> to, bees. To the bees. <laughs> like, just flipping, are these not the same word? Flipping work? back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Brecht was spelled B-O-A-L. I don't 
I don't know Portuguese. Yeah. The letters could make a different noise. It's not my you business. You never know. It could sound the same. So true. Um, this week we are discussing. I just feel like we should dive right in. Okay. Um, After 20 minutes of banter, let's dive yeah. right in. It's me, the famed taskmaster, keeping us on task. Yeah. We are discussing the incredible assassins. Yeah. Well, the musical assassins, not how incredible the assassins uh, are. TBD. So, <laughs> Connor, uh, please do hit us with some facts and fake. A little smooth Fall in jazz. New York. All right. Where's my cappuccino? Yeah. Uh, can we just pause for Nora Ephron movie real quick? <laughs> Facts and fake. The Nora Ephron movie. Yes. <laughs> I'm ready to get a cable knit sweater out and do some bits. <laughs> Correct. Um, Assassins has music and lyrics by the one, the only Stevie Sondheim with book by John Weidman. Um, the original off-Broadway production premiered in December of 1990 and ran until February of 1991 for a total of 73 performances. There oh, was uh, famously, yeah. famously, not very yeah, many. Very short. No. It was like reviled, wasn't it? Yeah, people weren't yeah, huge fans. This was before mad. Breaking Bad when you could have a a, a bad person anti-protagonist. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Post Brecht, free Breaking Bad. Free, the the two BRs. Like, if you're looking to locate it in terms of the history of BRs. Yeah. That's right where it falls. (laughs) (laughs) There was a London production in October of 1992 that ran for a total of 76 performances. Um, It then had its... there were a couple of like international productions in between that and its um, like original Broadway production, which was in April of 2004 and ran until July of 2004 for a total of 101 performances. Which was still considered a revival. Yeah, it still was but, considered a but revival. The first Broadway. But yeah. it was the original Broadway cast. Um, there was a London revival in 2014. There were a bunch of other international productions. Um, there was an Encores production in 2017. And then last year um, from November uh, until January of this year, 2020, Two, sorry, oh my god. Uh, there was an off-Broadway revival down in the village. Um, there, this thing has been nominated for a lot of awards. Uh, the original uh, production was nominated for six Drama Desk Awards, didn't win any, and one Drama League Award. And I think that was just like a, a specific award for like Stephen Sondheim, not even like best composer. It's just like best person. You're, you're <laughs> the best person. The, when have we most recently given you an award? Not soon enough. Not soon enough. Not recently enough. Here's Let's another one. Give him another one. The best Stephen Award. <laughs> the best Stephen. Better uh, than Schwartz. He might stop coming back. <laughs> you, you got. You got to keep him. It's the carrot, not the stick. Um, the London. 92 production was nominated for three Olivier's, won one, and then the 2004 uh, revival was nominated for seven Tonys and won five, including Best Revival, seven Drama Desk, uh, won three, one Drama League, won one, and three Outer Critics Circle Awards and won two, and then the uh, most recent revival was nominated for four Lucy Lorts, four Drama Desks, (laughs) three Drama Leagues, and six Outer Critics Circle Awards, and guess how many it won? None. Uh oh. Zero. Wow. Surprise. And just a short little synopsis. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, using the premise of an all American yet sinister <laughs> game, the semi review portrays a group of historical figures who attempted to assassinate successfully or not successfully presidents of the United States and explores what their presence in American history says about the ideals of our country. Or something like that. Yeah, it's like all metaphor, right? <laughs> As, it's as very Brechtian, yeah, so I'm told. Often is. <laughs> I mean, the artifices of theater are right there in front of you. So close. Yeah. You can see that. You can see them. Right there. Yeah. In front. 
mm-hmm. of your face. Not you don't even need to suspend your disbelief. No. Because they're in front of you. <laughs> it's like watching a show. <laughs> We've circled back, I think, too. What if none Did of us have ever it? seen assassins or heard it? Could you imagine? I finished um, it shortly before this mere recording moments began. before this. So Kate. Tell us a little bit about your history with the show. Why do you like it? What's the what's the tea? Absolutely. So uh, grew up in a don't remember if we talked about this in the last pod, but, you know, I know everyone's uh, they might not remember. So it it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. I assume Um, someone's keeping a chart somewhere. (laughs) All the guests, the personal information. (laughs) I grew up in a uh, for those who need, uh, uh, you know, need to be caught up. Um, Paint us a word picture. uh, Yes, I grew up in a very Sondheim-loving family. Uh, My parents met in uh, the Broadway tour production of Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. I didn't uh, know that. Dean Barber Fleet Street. Yes. uh, Well, because you listened to the last episode of the podcast. That's why I don't remember if I talked about it. I probably did. We don't talk outside of the pod. No, I haven't talked to you in three years. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, I'm good. Well, that was a good catch-up. But uh, yeah, so I uh, grew up uh, with a lot of Sondheim and was familiar with the music. And then when the 04 production hit, I saw it as a, what, 13 year old? Mm. 13, no, what year was it? 2004, I was 12. So now everyone knows how old I am. Wow. (laughs) Revealed. Revealed. (laughs) This is gonna ruin my career. People know how we'll, we'll have Mitch cut it. <laughs> Thank you. Drop so in much. the age you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> As a an adolescent of mm, age, um, I four uh, years old. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm going for a, people need to think I'm 19 years well, old. I'm young. I'm so young. young. Um, and I thought it was a really powerful production as a 12 year old um you know i feel like especially that age it hits in a very like rebel kind of Mm -hmm. feeling kind of way um and listened to the recording many many times and um uh what else can i say about it then in college i was the proprietor (laughs) in a production where i was uh, painted to look like i was made out of tin (sighs) incredible like as though I was myself part wow. of the uh, carnival like part infrastructure. Of the carnival. That's okay. so cool. Yes, kind and, of like uh, yeah. automated. Yes, but nice. nothing about my direction or my movements was that. It was I was just dressed. It was just, it was just tin. like tin, full body silver, full body cool. <laughs> uh, every part of my body. Yeah, yeah. even yes. the butt, <laughs> especially just the butt. In case. You got. You never know when you, you might accidentally know. move the audience. <laughs> Um, and then I, yeah, I just, I saw the revival in, yeah. uh, you know, like January and it was like my first show back, um, oh. like seeing mm-hmm. a show mm-hmm. in these COVID times. Um, and I, uh, it was nice to critique again. <laughs> I missed, I missed that. I missed and I, I know you have many, <laughs> so many, many critiques about that <laughs> yeah. production. So that's my history with the show. I think okay. it's a, it's a great one. Yeah. yeah. I love that. You have a very storied, a very long mm. history with the show. Well, that's why I'm here. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. That's true. We yeah. did need a scholar. <laughs> I mean. I was. Scholaress. Uh, a scholaress. A scholaress. I'm so sorry. I forgot. My yeah. own rule. Yeah. Um, we, I was, we were just discussing uh, off mic that I I was concerned by how few of these people I knew <laughs> despite yeah. the fact that I've taken many many years of history well, some many of even successful for right. college credit yeah I, yeah but even the successful ones um <laughs> <laughs> had no idea that there was even an attempt on FDR yeah, yeah. literally very, not a clue not at all um 
which I guess is fine. Didn't realize there were two attempts on Gerald, on Gerald Ford. Ford. Thought there was just the one. And then we talked about how, what is the common denominator of that? It's, it's Gerald, Gerald Ford. Ford. Yes. At the, at the end of the day, the problem is you, Jared. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, and there's all, you know, uh, there's the whole joke in the show where, like, they're, mm-hmm. you know, he, like, gives them the like he's like oh he do you need help them pick yeah. up the bullets yeah. yeah what i love is that he was attempted to be murdered twice and we still are like what a fucking idiot gerald ford <laughs> correct <laughs> he survived it yet yeah true force of will by uh, the by uh, sheer luck he survived and then the ones <laughs> who did die there's still very few who we re- like who name name two things bill mckinley did right, right exactly name, name one I, I don't, yeah what did he do i, I died no <laughs> i always thought mckinley was the one who died because he like didn't Too wear fat. his coat oh no that's the other one <laughs> that's a oh diff- thank you that's, i think henry yeah. harrison right oh was it harrison I think it's a different William. It is because there was an episode of Parks and Rec. There is an episode about Parks and Rec on it. William Henry Harrison. Yeah, and they find his like descendant, and his descendant is like literally. That's the only reason I know that. There's no other reason. Why you don't just memorize what happened to all the presidents? I memorized all of them except for that one. I usually tune that episode out because I find it. It's It's I think it's incredibly boring. Yeah, because he's a boring president. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes, I agree. And you didn't ever have to learn Tippecanoe and Tyler too for some reason in your life. You weren't required to learn presidential slogans of the ninth president no in, on long island all that we learn is new york state geography and how oh. to spell some words i feel well, like that's pretty useful that would be more is helpful it? to me i think <laughs> i know that there's adirondacks and cat skills hey that's all you need i don't that's that's that, i can't tell you how well that has served me in my life especially living in new york city especially living in new york city where we have both the adirondacks and the so cat close skills. to us i would love to know the difference <laughs> One has chairs, one has dirty dancing, yeah. I guess. That's what you learn. And that's, that's, and that's how, long and that's how they do, delineate the two. Schools are good. That's yeah. fine. Working. The other day I saw someone was running, I saw like a logo for someone running for office in Georgia. And I was like, wow, they really fucked up that outline of Missouri. <laughs> Just that's, didn't even recognize. I was like, wow, they really messed that up. Like, I could It's never. a different state. It's not, it's not Missouri. Missouri. I could never draw Georgia or Missouri. If you were like, here, draw what you those states need to. look like. I think maybe a rectangle, I want to say, for Georgia. And maybe like a... Yeah, a rectangle with like, like a little a, bit of a... It looks like Missouri. It's just a little bit narrower at the yeah. top and it doesn't have a boot heel. It that's is a true. similar... It's a similar weird Outline. lump shape. Yeah. But anyway, so anyway. that's how good my schooling is going. The American education system is um, bad. <laughs> it's what we're here to talk about today. That's, I mean, that is what led to the assassins. The assassins, Bring it right back. famously. Famously. Bring it back. And I would just like to say, since this musical was written, I've not heard about any attempts on the president. Nary an assassination Nary, attempt to well, be found. a few, but they're not in the show. I guess. You know. Which ones? Who? Well, who? I guess it depends on how far we consider an attempt. Like, well, you know, like, like the people who like people... break into the grounds right. and get Does tackled by the Secret Service. I don't think we know who they are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That like, right? There've been like various people like trying to drive into the White House. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah. I see, and to mm. me, that is as close as to me. It's a stretch to include Sam Bick in this. Right. Frankly. I was gonna say because that's about the same extent. Yeah. As, yeah. Like, like Sam Bick try like doesn't even get the plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up, you know. I think he just wanted to do that so he could write in a little, so he could remind everyone he wrote West Side Story. That's what I think. Stephen Sondheim was like, and don't forget. 
Also, you gotta get. I was part of that. You need to have a part for someone who doesn't sing. That's, That's true. true. That. That's true. Every musical should have a part for someone who doesn't sing. It's I've <laughs> always said that. It should be required. And it should be me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> every, every show's gotta have the Rex Harrison, you know? Exactly. Right. Or else it's not a musical. So true. That's so true. That's the first thing you learn in school in on Long school. Island. Oh, in, um, like specifically on my guy, not in theater school. I've never gotten to theater school. I don't know what they teach. Oh, well, but, there you go. Yeah, I would assume they teach you the difference between Brecht and Boal. <laughs> it's just like the Catskills versus the Adirondacks. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing. Just like that. Yep. Famously. Okay. So, did we talk Our about ABCs? The- Adirondacks, Brecht, and Catskills. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Meryl. I just had to. No, no, I thought no. Of that was very good. Say, Thank you. <laughs> Always interrupt for a joke. That's the rule here. We're always. That's why it's called bits over Broadway. Okay. So the the assassins that we're covering. Did you t- did you name these Connor? All of them. Okay, great. Then Connor I will did say nothing. Them. No, I in your facts and figs. I like. No, he didn't say anything at all. It, you know, it's been twenty minutes oh. uh, since you right. Give them. It's so been a fugue state. Gone from my head. Um, and I'm gonna butcher these names, but so I'll start with ones I can pronounce. I can correct them as you go if you want. Great. John Great. Hinckley, Charles Gateau, Giuseppe Zangara, Sam Bick, Lynette Squeaky Frome, Sarah Jane Moore, John Wilkes Booth, and Leon Cholgosh. Cholgosh. Connor, I was gonna correct her. <laughs> I wanted to say. Let's so. take it again. So Leon okay, Cholgosh. Thank you. You're welcome. Also, Please. Squeaky from, not Squeaky from. Mm. From. Not like where I'm from. Like, like, from. like from Long Island. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> assumed me, that's yes. where she was I from. Know she's not. I don't think. But you know, there's she no was, way to know. She's, she's the from. Manson yes. family member, right? Correct. Okay. She is. She's not. The girlfriend of Al Capone, which is what my brain assigns her to every time. Uh, because, I mean, it's not the furthest from the truth. Because we did talk about how Squeaky is a very 1930s Is name. that Bugsy? <laughs> Who the fuck is Bugsy? Bugsy. Are you talking about Bugs Bunny? Mm, no. Mm, thinking about it. Bugs Bunny famously Al Capone's girlfriend. And Charles Manson. And Charles Manson. Correct. He lived a storied life. Bugs Bunny is a criminal. Well. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. So we open with, uh, we're, is it always in a carnival? That's, yes. That's always that's the like premise. That's like the premise. A yes. shooting gallery at a carnival. Yeah. Hilarious. Great bit. Yeah. Good job, Steve. Well, because the whole the whole thing is like the reason that, well, one of the reasons is like the whole reward song of like, where's my prize? Yeah. It's like the American dream promises you a prize. And right. So this is part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. In a real connection here Bugsy Malone is a movie <laughs> that Jodie Foster starred in so oh, that, that's really good actually oh shit we are coming right back there. to it baby we are coming back to it um uh, who let's 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 go in order so we start with John Wilkes Booth let's this is 90 minutes knowing your mission right yes yeah that's what I thought I was like I don't remember just like your podcast mission. thank god <laughs> <finally. laughs> Midge's dream um well that's interesting because I'm Certain that the epi- that the uh I lied it was a hundred okay Mitch cut all that doesn't matter um I'm thinking out loud my brain's not firing on all the cylinders today mm. um okay shooting gallery so the proprietor different than the balladeer correct which confused me at first not in the it's sense confusing. that I couldn't tell that they were two different people I just didn't understand yeah. what their purposes were at yeah. first but then. It the became pro- clear to me later. The on. proprietor does also a lot of like doubling of other characters as well, like off yeah. stage voices. And yeah, that little kind of one. Thing. Yeah, Balladeer. I mean, in the in the O four production, doubles yeah. as um, 
uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Right. Later. And that wasn't in the, that was added in that was, to the 2004, I believe so. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then was also a thing in the, in the, uh, re- the, re- the recent one. Yeah. Um, but it's not like necessary. No. It's just a thing that you can do. I think it's an interesting uh, commentary on the American dream. What, what about it, Cotter? Hello. Just that. It, <laughs> yes, it's like it. a perversion of it, essentially, which is essentially what the show is yeah. talking about. It's the, uh, the American dream promises you all these things. You usually don't get them. And it's the disillusionment that uh, because the balladeer is the personification of the American dream, once the assassins like pass on their disillusionment to him, he turns into Lee Harvey Oswald, which I think is really a, an interesting device. Yeah. And I think the uh, there's an, another side to it, too, of like that it's part of the dream in a way is like mm-hmm. that they're just fulfilling it. But from a weird, screwy angle, from like a darker angle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you're part of the story that way as a villain. But like you're still no everyone yeah. remembers your name. And that's essentially Except for like Meryl, who doesn't know, anyone <laughs> I don't know anybody's <laughs> name. I do know John Wilkes Booth. So yeah. congrats, sir. Wow. <laughs> Six well, we Tyrannos. covered that in history. Yes. Well, you got it. And also in The Whitest Kids You Know, um, famously. <laughs> one of the best sketches what you gonna to do, ever be John? written. Yes, but I do think course. that the balladeer and the proprietor, I mean, it's it, there's definitely an argument for, like, why are they different mm-hmm. characters? I don't know that the show necessarily mm-hmm. makes the best case. They serve different functions, right, where the mm-hmm. proprietor is trying to entice them to become assassins, whereas the balladeer is narrating, like, from a more, like, uh, positive quote-unquote american history perspective of like why they were wrong yeah and uh like you know what the kind of so i guess they're they're coming at it from the opposite angles but in terms of like their role in the carnival there's not like a clear confrontation between the two of them where it's like oh yes i see why they're different right right and i think there's times where i would like um i'm thinking specifically i guess of I'm going to Lordy. Is that the name of the song? Um, the one oh, yeah, where with, um, Charles dies. Good Charles Goodtow dies. Yeah. Um, and in the bootleg of the production that I saw, which was the 2004 production, did they actually have the, a gallows in that? He, yeah. He walks like he walks up the stairs. Up the stairs. Off. Yeah. Stage essentially, and then a body drops from a noose. Yeah. But so uh, Neil Patrick Harris is the balladeer. Very <laughs> fan of the opera, but not nearly as horny. Um, How could it be? <laughs> you can impossible. never reach what, that level what of is horny. To Nothing is that horny. <laughs> Nothing true. is that horny. That's why they had to close it down. <laughs> yeah, it's too true. horny. <laughs> too horny. Um, but so Neil Patrick Harris is the balladeer, and he's singing uh, on the stairs while the proprietor is playing the hangman. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, oh, I would, I don't need the proprietor to be doing that. Like You do if you see me as a tin as man. A tin the, man. The, no, that's true. He wasn't covered in silver body no. paint. So I should they say, really I was, missed I was, the mark on that one. Or dressed in tin. I should clarify, I was tin, but I also had like a carnival barker uh, coat. It was okay. like a red and white stripe. It was very conceptual. Yeah, like red and white striped coat, like blazer, and okay. like a like a red star painted on my eye. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, um, so I think if you had seen that, you might. I would have uh, said, keep that, uh, keep <laughs> her, please. I, please. I understand why this is not take the Neil Patrick Harris away. Add please. more of the Tin Man, <laughs> right? Which For, I would be saying regardless. Right. But. To the balladeer, right? It's like the eternal optimist. So in that song, yeah. is singing, agreeing with Gateau, mm-hmm. and right. the proprietor is there to. Kill, kill him. him. Right. I know. I just would have been interested to see 
him pull the, the handle <laughs> yeah. while saying like that would have been interesting. I yeah. think there's some interesting things you can do where the balladeer is being the yeah. positive while also inflicting the punishments. It's almost to bring it back to my last time on the mm. pod, like what you want is a singular MC. Yeah. Right. Like you want the balladeer and the proprietor to be the yeah. same. Do so both. Yeah, do both. Because that is what the MC does is right. both. Right. And, and that is I feel the whole point of the American dream dream is talking out of both sides of your mouth, right? Like right. it is the positive while also the death penalty. It's everyone being like, we saved this man from being murdered while they all stand around and watch him get electrocuted. Like, it's, I don't know, I think you could do, I don't understand the need for both of them all the time. I think there's a lot, like, understand the proprietor existing in the beginning and, like, in any time the shooting gallery is the scene where we're at. But I think I would have liked a lot more of the balladeer being a little sneak. I get that. Makes sense. I th- is it just because you don't trust Neil Patrick Harris? Well, and I don't. Yeah, and I've been very clear about that. You never should. I've been very clear about that. Never, that. Yeah. <laughs> I've very clear about never that. trust all... a gay blonde man. I don't trust blonde men, period. <laughs> do, we, I mean. do we classify him as blonde? I yes, I think that's blonde. his claim to fame. His, his, <laughs> his blonde blonde spelled with an E at I, the end. I, I guess <laughs> I see him as more of a dirty blonde, uh, almost brunette adjacent. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I would never say brunette adjacent, but NPH I'm interested. hair discourse opened in the chat. Tweet at us, what do you here. think? <laughs> blonde, dishwater blonde, brunette. Dishwater blonde, even. <laughs> Maybe Dirty he's a bottle blonde. blonde. I also just finished um, finished a book called Notes on an Execution, where it's told from two different sides of, like, a man on death row. Is that Nubikov? Getting, or? No, it's Oh, no, that's Invitation that. to a Hanging. Um, and then also, like, the other side, so victim's family and... Um, law enforcement so I've been thinking a lot about bad people doing crimes and like leaving a legacy and what it means to leave a legacy just because that's kind of what the book was about so this was an interesting follow up to watch and listen to post that Um, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think about it and uh, how well what themes it's trying to execute and how well it does that I guess I'm sure it depends on the production, but Kate, yeah. What themes is it trying to give us? <laughs> <laughs> the show overall, or the balladeer versus proprietor? Um, let's do show overall. Yeah, I think um, I know Connor touched on this a little earlier, but I think the the kind of what the American dream is and how we get there and how we don't, um, what the pursuit of it can do to you, and like the the pursuit of trying to be part of the American story. The feeling that everyone's entitled to some kind of a prize. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get that, what you do about it. And for some people, you know, they fall into despair or you're, you know, you just whatever your life looks like and however you feel about it. But for these people, they chose this other way. They chose to they wanted the the notoriety no matter what was mm-hmm. kind of the, I think that the approach the show was taking even if that's like not really why any of them did it right. but like looking at the American dream from that perspective and like the what what looking at the villains tells us about our story and what we think that we want yeah absolutely yeah. I would agree with that yeah fair enough um, I am interested just because maybe the 2022 was not your favorite production of this Kate. I'm getting In the vibe. World, Why wouldn't it be? I don't know. I'm just getting the vibe that maybe it wasn't your favorite production. So <laughs> I wanted you to speak on yes. that a little bit. I would bit. love to speak because on Because I know, Connor, you also saw that production. Yeah. So I'm interested to hear both of your thoughts My, on well, that the, the thoughts that matter and the thoughts that don't. I yeah. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. And that's what I've always said about the two of us. 
that's most of our friendship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I will. I went into it like not having any uh, knowledge, right, knowing of, like nothing, and just being completely yeah, like, ignorant. A of, complete um, <laughs> of theater, of Brack, of theater, of Brack, <laughs> of what the show can be. And, yeah, you know. absolutely. I went into it basically a blank slate, and uh, I was just having a. I was just having fun. <laughs> I you love know, that. I, there were so many of the Broadway girlies in that show, uh, and I am particularly in love with uh, Chandler Bratt, and um, he's so cute as John Hinckley. <laughs> so cute. That was actually I had a problem with that. Oh really? Yeah, too he cute. should he shouldn't he's be that cute. cute. Yeah. yeah, John Hinckley is not not yeah. attractive, yeah, yeah, not meant to be like. I was that, also very yeah. distracted by Ethan Slater as well. Mm, fair oh, enough. God, he's that was, but it was just a, a whole distraction. Yeah, though. absolutely. Yeah. I'm yeah. just like that's yeah. Ethan Slater. No, that's but I was like harder. bothered by yeah. how attractive Jonathan Glee Jr. was. I was like, I that's that. not correct. That yeah. character should not. Not that yeah. he has to be unattractive specifically, but right. like that he was hot. But and one like, right. that should not be a hot character. One would think if he had been hotter, maybe Jody would have gone for it. You know. Yeah. I also think that that <laughs> was the, well, sure. Famously, she <laughs> has <laughs> nothing else standing in the way of that. For some reason, that's the only thing. If only he was hotter. <laughs> no other problems. Nothing in the way. Not at all. No, um, nothing preventing that. But um, uh, yeah, it was also like the most toothless version of that song mm-hmm. I've ever. I was like, this is so boring. Like, this is, th- there's no passion. There's no, it just, they were just both sitting there singing and I didn't care at all. Yeah, I was like, I get that. that song should fill you with chills and discomfort like it's really weird and it yeah. just felt so normal and i was like oh this they're doing the real like they're doing the serious version of this song right instead of what it's the like, deranged version. the deranged you version. should feel like the passion that would lead one to murder right mm. right and it's like the like i you know i am unworthy of your love like it it's it's it should feel like because to both of them it feels so like regular and love and right you know like this kind of uh, very um, serene kind of thing, but that's what's terrifying about it. Right, that's, and it, there was nothing terrifying about that that production song, like right? the version of it in that show. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it felt very. When One I was note. watching it, I was like, "This is a lovely ballad." Right, right, and instead it should be like, "Oh God, they think it's lovely, but it's actually terrifying." It's actually very scary. Yeah, I get that. I what the New York Times review, not written by Brent Brantley, thank God, uh, also agreed with that. In yeah. that the production was largely toothless. It didn't. Yes. It kind of like didn't feel nearly as sinister as it should have. It felt like it wanted to be. Like it felt mm-hmm. like there was there were there were choices, and the choices felt like there should be things driving them. Right. And instead, they just felt like arbitrary choices, just to feel like you're making choices. Okay. Is, Speak on that a little bit. Yeah. Could you give me some? Specifics? I would love to give some specifics. <laughs> Um, well, for example, right, it's like it's like the John Doyle thing to give actors instruments and okay. to have oh, them yes. playing the instruments on stage, mm-hmm. Absolutely. which, you know, at least on the plus side, like it wasn't as though every uh, not every actor was playing an instrument. It wasn't, you know, Patty with a tuba of <laughs> Sweeney Todd. Um, wow. Uh, My kingdom to have gone back in time and see that. <laughs> My kingdom for Patty and right, the tuba. Right. Um, so it wasn't every character, but it was... Um, like a bunch of the, there was a chorus mm-hmm. and a bunch of members of the chorus were playing instruments on the first level and then the second level was a pit. Yeah. So it wasn't the entire orchestra either, but I got absolutely nothing from them playing. What, what did that, what did that do for us? Yeah. Literally, no, like well, when, when he did that for company, it made sense Sure. because it's like, okay, like 
the people in your life are playing the music of your life and they're dictating your story and right, you're not telling right. your own and then he plays piano at the end. Now I'm talking about a company, I'm sorry. But then he just, okay. you know, right. And then he just plays piano at right. you know, being alive at the end. It's like, okay, finally he's coming into his own. Yes. Cool, themes, we get it, that's great. What on earth is the theme of yeah. a, a chorus of people we don't care about playing instruments Right, and that's the assassins. only thing they do. And, well, and they sing a bit. A little bit, yeah. Um, but like, like, it makes sense yeah. for, it made sense for Ethan Slater to have a, a Right, guitar. but that character always does. Right. Oh, yeah. okay, I didn't yeah. know that. Well, I, since you don't know anything Since I show, don't know anything. Yes. Um, well, at least... Uh, <laughs> John Hinckley, the famous musician. No, not no, the balladeer. Uh, the balladeer. balladeer. Oh, I see. Ball- yeah. Because he is a balladeer, so yeah. he's usually singing. That makes sense. Um, and playing, like, a guitar. But, um... But that, um, I mean, I don't know if he's always good at it or if he's always really playing it, mm-hmm. but that, like, uh, Neil Patrick Harris also, uh, if unless I'm misremembering and, like, my brain is just inventing this, I remember him having a guitar. Okay. But am I, uh, did you Google an image and he's not and I'm wrong? No, I, I didn't don't Google remember anything. him carrying it the whole time. He may have had it in, like, For, a yeah, scene or two, but it's yeah. not, like, the majority of the show. He right. But I think mm-hmm. he had it in the opening, if I remember. Again, Very possibly. Could, could be misremembering. Again, Entirely possible. I was watching a VHS <laughs> from <laughs> the back of the yeah. theater. <laughs> from did. 2004 so it's not like it was very clear obsessed oh this is gonna bother me though I'm gonna like look it up do you wanna like look a google yeah, image real quick yeah you can continue does the ballad yeah. have a guitar we'll, we'll admit it if I'm wrong it's totally fine I think I think the point yes. the larger point yes. which is that there are some musical instruments in the show is not incorrect but yes. what is the purpose of well, giving everybody and or ultimately more what it did was it just slowed down all the tempos like mm. because they couldn't keep the, the like a good pace easily with the people like with the actual pit mm-hmm. so the only way it seemed to do that was for everything to be like a, a fraction of the speed that it actually should be and I was like if you uh, know the show and you know the music it was actually infuriating yeah, I was like can we please move this along a little bit miserable like this is just taking forever playing a song that you know hearing a song that you know played at a slightly yes. turned down tempo right truly one of the most brain melting things that can happen right. to you You're like this isn't right but why right well, like if you heard like right like um like Cholgosh like Ballad of Cholgosh like mm-hmm. Cholgosh working man like imagining that being like Cholgosh working oh my god it's like awful you're, you're oh my losing god. some of the point of right. falling asleep it's an excellent song but not at that tempo it's <laughs> yeah. not right have you found the Google I image result yet? I can't find anything. I'm just seeing him in a little in a little flannel. Maybe it didn't happen. Maybe the production itself is Maybe. just made up. But they said, "Stop giving Neil more power. <laughs> take his <laughs> guitar away. We can't give him more. If he gets a guitar, he will take over the show. Correct. <laughs> he will sing all the parts. He's just too good. We just love him too much. So, Do yeah. we? <laughs> Someone does. Also, um, again, a cabaret. Look at there's so much in common. With the last time I was on the pod, that's very true. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because he was in, he was the MC. He or, no, uh, yes, he was the MC. Sorry, uh, uh, <laughs> no. I, I, know I immediately. Stuff. <laughs> I know things about stuff. <laughs> I immediately found a picture of him with a guitar, Jesus. and I googled Perfect. that. I don't know what took you so. Long. <laughs> oh, he was not googling that. <laughs> I literally Googled Neil Patrick Harris guitar balladeer. So. I just said Neil Patrick Harris balladeer, so apparently I missed the guitar. <laughs> look at all these pictures, Connor. You see that? <laughs> what does that look like? What is that? Is that a guitar? Or is, that, is that a guitar? Oh, it's a guitar. Oh. oh. A guitar. Lovely, right? <laughs> Kate is actually here to replace me I mean, on the pod. It makes sense. Famously here to replace you. It makes sense in terms of what his... Uh, Role is yeah, like what yeah, his whole deal one. is, but oh. I'm sure he's not as good a guitar player as mm-hmm. Ethan Slater was, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ethan Slater is um, 
very talented and very hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting that. I'm yeah, getting that yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah, We're going to talk now. about that for the next hour. Yeah, just absolutely. How hot just, is. He's a tiny little thing of a man, and I just want to. <laughs> squeeze him. I will say, um. <laughs> I think my favorite um, I'm glad that this was my first time seeing or hearing the show like in 2022, but also I'm kind of bummed because I would say that a lot of it was colored by like the current political situation. I think this would hit different in like 1990 than it does in 2022. And that's why they hated it in 1990. Yeah, exactly. Because there was not the questioning the same way of like the ideals of the American dream. There's not, there wasn't nearly as much disillusionment. But also stuff like, or at least not that we're aware of. Like John Wilkes, the whole John Wilkes Booth like song Mm -hmm. and turn of it all was very like, ah, a country divided, a civil war, like something where you're so mad you'll, it's very like QAnon, it's very people who fundamentally believe that they are doing something like that is right morally. Yeah. That is not, (laughs) like, it's just an interesting parallel. I'm sure that you can't do anything with that, like because of the time period, but it just hits differently, I feel like now than it would then even talking outside of like what the American dream means like just Mm -hmm. John Wilkes Booth as a character and what he stands for and what his uh, morals are and principles and the reason he's claiming he's done the thing that he's done. Mm -hmm. Yeah I think that Michael Servers' interpretation actually was like pretty different from Stephen Pasquale's and Mm -hmm. I think probably part of that is the kind of difference with how we approach it now Mm -hmm. and I really liked Stephen Pasquale's actually and it was it was nice I mean it wasn't nice but it was nice (laughs) to see like a different a very different approach to a character yeah because I don't think that production was universally that like and it doesn't need to universally be that way but like the 2022 production like a lot of the a lot of it felt like it didn't necessarily feel like a new take on the character. It just was a new that. a new actor doing it or sure. John Doyle putting his spin on it. But that character in particular, I felt like um, he seemed um, more, at, you know, it it started empathetic and then became very sinister. Yeah. Because I feel like Michael Servers is, is sort of intense and sinister the entire time mm-hmm. in a way where the entire time we're like on the outside of it and we're like yes we yeah this is a bad person and we know that but what an emotional song absolutely whereas i feel like Stephen pasquale's i was like could find myself at moments being like yeah yeah i get it i'm like oh, why do oh, i think that interesting because oh, no, i did bad. feel that way about the michael Cerberus yeah. did. i did yeah, yeah i was like mm, you make up the points <laughs> i think and i feel like that's a really interesting like choice and like go down that road yeah. more i think that's a really i think you should yeah. i i do think that this is a show that is asking you to consider their point of view yeah, like to be uh, like you don't ever- have to agree with it but you i think it's important to remember that they are all people no one is wholly bad and mm. no one is wholly good and i think it's really an interesting look at like Okay, how it, if you believed in something so deeply, and like, yeah, some of it is for stupid reasons, right? Like, Charles Gateau's well, like, yeah, yeah. I deserve to be the ambassador. <laughs> I knocked on like a hundred doors for you, dude. He's just trying Send to promote his friend. I get He's it. Just trying to I get it. <laughs> we know. We've, we've all, all been out here trying to promote yeah. our we've books. We've all plugged. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Always. But, <laughs> we've all killed presidents to promote our books. I've so never not promoted my book. <laughs> it's the best, no such thing as bad press, yeah. you know? Um, but I would, uh, yeah, I think any production you do of this, you should lean into that. Like, well, yeah. it shouldn't be entirely villainous. And I do think it's a better, it's a more interesting performance about the end. You're like, oh, that's deranged, but 
okay. Like I. Mm. Yeah, I don't well, think the show really answers anything. I think it asks no, a lot of questions. I don't yeah. think it's supposed to. Yeah, and that's think, and that's nice about it that it's yeah. like not trying to be like, here's what you now need to think. It's yeah, not absolutely. prescriptive. But I mean, that's always sure. like Ben Sondheim's work is like it asks those morally great questions and sure. then leaves you with like looking for the answers at the end of the show still, mm-hmm. which is why he's fucking brilliant. <laughs> um, rest in peace, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> We miss ya. We miss ya. <laughs> Speak for yourself. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> Very deeply. <laughs> He's the reason I'm alive. Yeah, so literally. I literally wouldn't, wouldn't be here. <laughs> um. <laughs> so true. Uh, okay, what? Any other guess, a favorite song? Talking about um, going back to the 22 production, yeah. I feel like, like talking about like the sinisterness of it, I feel like the only time I was ever unsettled was with Guiteau. Because yeah. I feel like oh, interesting. of the characters, he's the most unhinged. Yeah. Well, and I think that he had, um, oh, that's an interesting take. I'm concerned. I found him to be like the most comedic until the, until the end, until he shoots right. someone. I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm asking myself that question. Who's the most unhinged? I mean, probably Hinckley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think. Hinckley. But he didn't would... come off that way in that production. Right. And also Squeaky from, but... But yeah, no, I know what you mean though. Like Gato yeah. is the most, um, the one of the most like completely uh, yeah. in his delusions. Right, he's mm. in his delusion, and I I think of all of the because most of them like we see the anger boiling yeah. underneath the surface. Like you see all of that, especially with like Cholgosh in the bottle with yeah. um, Hinkley, and um, when Hinkley and From are talking about like their loves, uh, Hinkley gets pissed at From and stuff like Like you mm-hmm. see that anger yep. boiling underneath it. But with Guteau, you don't because he's so optimistic mm. until um, uh, Sarah Jane Moore doesn't kiss him. Yeah. And then he's like on a dime yeah. screaming in her face. Mm. And it's like, oh, that's, there, there's the craziness. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I feel like going to the Lordy is just so delusional <laughs> that he's like dancing to you the You could gallows. be an angel. I could be. I could be. And <laughs> I, I will be. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, I feel like that is a very unsettling. Like, it is. I missed the stairs, though. Like, I was like, most, yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I was just like, I feel staging. like the projections really didn't help them. They, I wish that everyone could hear the eye roll I just <laughs> The the well yeah the all the because pro, the projection design in the OFR production was really kind of new and smart and, yeah. and different and and I just felt like the projections I mean they they they, they, they the January sixth projection what yeah what? <laughs> God. <laughs> Yeah. That that was Merlin, I agree. <laughs> but yeah, it was Boy. But like yeah. that's them trying to bring like talk about sure. the I know, like, but but it's like, like political. But it's the kind of thing now. where it's like okay, so you are trying to make a point instead right. of the show which is not trying to like it yeah. feels like I need you I need you to see sure, that I'm a good it. director mm-hmm. and I'm I, on the right side of history. Yeah, I, I think things are bad. Let's bring in the the, the yeah. current moment and it's not. Like the show is not current. Right. And that's okay. Like right. it doesn't need to be updated. It has not been updated. Right. It is It can feel timeless by existing in its own time. Right. And it's like the questions are still relevant questions without having to bring in like there is not an assassination attempt that is a recent one that we see in the show, and right. we don't need to try to bring in imagery of right now for it to mean something to Absolutely. us right now. Absolutely. And I feel like the show did a lot of the production did a lot of that, where it was like, let's try to make it like it's about 2022, and right. it's right. it's just not about 2022. We it's, ask different yeah. questions now, but they're still relevant to ask these two. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And I think it's interesting because when you think about the time period of like when this was written, the Hinckley assassination attempt would have been the most Very recent. recent. Most recent. Yeah. Yeah. And it plays 
a very small part. I think it all really culminates to me the <clears throat> the show revolved around the the culmination is the JFK assassination. Like oh, to absolutely. me, that's what yeah. it's all driving that scene toward. Is yep. and the most so it's impactful. interesting that that would have been twenty seven years out from when this show went up. Like. Mm-hmm. A good deal further away than the Hink, than the Reaganist attempt, and but that's not a feature. Like just because it's current doesn't make it the most important point. You don't have to shoehorn right. it in just because that's what's like because you have recency bias about it. Sure, like yeah. that's not a you don't have to do that. Yeah, and I think I think one of the things that makes it sort of separate but related. One of the things that makes it just a very hard show to stage now is. Mm-hmm. Guns in terms of like our just I was uh, immediate reaction. Totally. Just going to yeah. talk about like yeah. Uh, yeah. the gun issue because of uh, you know the fact that we live in a time period where every other week sure is a, but also like degradation of safety standards. I mean like absolutely. the Alec Baldwin of it all. Like there well, was and that's actually, the thing. it had just yeah, happened like literally the, like a month and before. so that was like oh, in very in the air yeah. and because they didn't use. Um, uh, like blanks, like it was sure. yeah. like there, nothing. It, it very obviously didn't sound like guns, mm-hmm. right? Um, it was in like the sound cues. Someone yeah. was cueing that, yeah. for yeah. sure. It was yeah. like I think it was. I don't even. I think it might have been like a like a drum hit or something. Was it something like that? Like it didn't. Mm, it it no, very much didn't sound like a gun. We're yeah. not even doing shots. It's yeah. just no. too. It's just which is fair. I think. Yeah, I yeah. mean, because like At you said, point, it was like yeah. literally the Alec Baldwin Rust situation like, had no, happened yeah. like a month before the show opened. Yeah, but I also think at this point. Unfortunately, like a probably more percentage of your audience is going to have a negative reaction to gunshots in a public space yeah, than I probably. Would hope so. in, <laughs> I mean, like in the sense that that might they may have experienced oh, that yeah, before, yeah, and that absolutely. could be causing trauma to yeah. them. Not just in like a oh let's duck and run, like but people right taking but them out. That's of it. part of the sinisterness of the show is that you are forced to look down the barrel of a gun. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, true. and it and it is that sort of the shooting gallery thing. Like yeah. it doesn't. It's not disconnected from where we are now. Like it leads to where we are now Absolutely. in terms of like the kind of Americanness of gun ownership in right. that kind of way. But yeah, I think it's true though. It does like you you have to ask yourself different questions as a director because it does kind of like hit different. But it, yeah, and it was always meant to hit. Like it was not supposed mm-hmm. to feel like cool and you know like right. this is of course. like it was you know when they're all like pointing a gun at you at the same time that's supposed to feel scary yeah you're supposed to be terrified but like but i think we weren't it wasn't necessarily supposed to be as scary as it is now right you know right right Right. i also different time period think it was an interesting choice well sorry two things one i wanted to go back to the staging of um going to the lordy because in the 2004 production i just thought it was one of the best like staging so he just is Walking up yeah. a, a staircase that's like white light at the top. It, yeah. I it's did not yeah. see. I mean, I saw the proprietor and I was like, oh, is he going to be hung? But the way he's like going off, it yeah. just looks like he's like walking into the heavy side layer. It's just like it's very like Where's he's so dude? excited. Like and it just makes the turn of him dropping from the ceiling. Like I think even be- like yeah. it hit even more impactful. It just. It's such a good turn. And then the other thing is that I think it's interesting that, at least in the 2004 production that I was watching, you don't see any of the... It's called the Ballad of Gateau, by the way. I was trying to remember what it was Oh, sorry. Called. Yeah, no, you're yeah, fine. Yeah, Ballad yeah. of Gateau. Yeah. Um, you don't see them... You see all of their deaths, but you don't see any of the assassinate... Like, 
No yes. one is playing the president who is being shot. No, there's usually just like the for voice off the off stage. Phil McKinley, maybe. Uh, or is but it just I, a voice? It's just a voice. voice. Yeah, it's just a voice. Except yeah. for at the end when the balladier turns into Lee Harvey Oswald, right. he turns around and they're pl- they project the Zapruder film. Yes, right onto his chest, and that's like the only one you see where. Yeah. And part of that, obviously, we have footage of that. But there's, I'm, I, I know there's pictures of post, uh, set, like the post, the attempt on Reagan, and right. I'm sure that there's pictures of Ford. Like those would be late enough that we would have. But the Ford assassination attempts weren't even like, like they weren't anywhere near successful. Mm, the one, the what from what I was reading, Sarah Jane Moore's was almost oh, okay. like th- it was a narrow miss. She was like centimeters away, and it was gotcha. just because the sight was off because she had bought the gun that morning. Oh, okay. Which is also <laughs> sorry. And another thing, <laughs> I felt like I I took real umbrage with how dumb the women in this show were. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like really annoyed me. Yeah, they're, and they're like that that they have to be like as though they're coordinating, and it's like mm-hmm. they're you know, so stupid. They're yeah. just ha- they're bumbling their way into murder, and like especially. Especially then reading more about Sarah Jane Moore, I was like, okay, no, she would have shot him. Like, she would have been successful. It's not like she was some dipshit who just, I don't know. I felt the, not to be like, (laughs) feminism is when women can murder too. (laughs) But but it is is a little bit weird. It's a little bit weird to be like, wow, what, what, like, the other thing is Sarah Jane Moore came out and was like, I had really radical politics. Yeah. Like she's out of prison now, by the way, she was yes. released and which, I don't, that's fine. That's good. We should get people out of prison. But she was like, I had really radical politics. I was acting on that. The radicalism of that, like, how's that any different from John Wilkes Booth right. also acting on radical politics? And he gets this incredible, like soliloquy about like yeah. power and saving your country and the thing mm-hmm. that you love and the thing that you would die for and the death of your family at the hands of your family. And then Sarah Jane Moore gets like to shoot at a lunchbox and be a fucking dipshit. Yeah. I feel like um <laughs> not to say that like not to excuse the fact that like uh Sarah Jane Moore is portrayed in the show as uh, very bumbling and incompetent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels almost like she she's being used to talk about like sub like the suburban mm-hmm. like ideal like housewife of it all sure. and like that kind of disillusionment totally which like isn't necessarily fair to her right as the like i like she's being <laughs> used yeah. as a, a vessel to yeah. i disagree the idea. i mean I, I i like the idea of that but i don't think that's actually what's happening i feel like that's what it, yeah. it, at least when, in the just, revival it felt I, like that I, to me well i think because she's because she's just so talented it was judy well, yeah, Kuhn, yeah. right yeah it was judy because she's just so oh. good but i think that really judy she's amazing but i think that the writing you know, and love John Lennon, love Stephen Sondheim, but I do think they're just comic relief for the most part. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I don't think that there's a lot of, I mean, I think Sweetie from plays a role in terms of like the um, derangedness when you put her together with John Hinckley in terms of like, yeah, yeah, like murdering for love. But I do think Sarah Jane Moore is treated as like the most sort of, I would love to say that it is, and I think it's a good take. Like I would love to take that take as a director, but I I don't think it's really in the show. Like I think really kind of in the script is like, you know, she's uh, she wants, yeah, maybe to be more than a housewife, and Mm -hmm. you know, but it's uh, I don't think that her objectives are terribly well developed. And I and I agree with you too, Meryl, that like she, uh, the women don't really get a. most of the men get like a very powerful like some a statement about disillusion like mm-hmm. about the world and disillusionment 
and you know uh, even like Sam Bick who doesn't sing at all like yeah. has a lot to incredibly say incredibly powerful incredibly monologues, powerful monologues. Mm-hmm. and there's not really anything powerful in anything that either Squeaky from or Sarah Jane no. Moore get to communicate in the show. They're, they're played true. very simple and right. like listen. And I, even the other unsuccessful assassins still get to say yeah. a lot of things. Like still get a powerful uh, yeah. moment. As much as I think How I Save Roosevelt is a boring song, I do think that Zangara yeah. objectively it is like an interesting yeah. take. And like they they didn't get any really interesting things to say. No, yeah. just yeah. very like stupid girls was the vibe I was getting. And yeah, I get it. Like get Manson that. family is its own thing and understandably cult shit and whatever, but I, there's still plenty to say about there's it. There's lots to say. Or else there wouldn't think, be a lot of things on Netflix right now. <laughs> and I think having like, you clearly have two sides of the same deranged love coin with Hinkley and from. And Hinkley gets to do it and it doesn't feel like a stupid teen crush. Yeah. It feels like, oh, this is scary. And why is that infatuation not also scary and intense for a, yeah. when a woman is doing things on behalf of someone why does it have to be oh she's just so stupid that's why she murdered for him because because mm-hmm. is a crush like when girls love the beatles like right and they bond over the like you know we both have like these fathers that are terrible things yeah. it's like of course women and their fathers and their like, daddy issues. yeah it just about. felt yeah. very um not not that murderers need empowering but like <laughs> Just you're taking your. I think in 2022 that is exactly what we need. That's what yeah. I'm saying. More women guards. Um, <laughs> That's feminism. Just, but but it is like you are reducing what you can say about it by infantilizing. Like they yeah. can still be bad people all on their own. They don't have to be bad people operating at the whims of men. Yeah. Right. Okay. Then go off. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so that was my rant on why the women should be <laughs> <laughs> better. <laughs> but they were good. I mean, or they worse, were comic relief. They're lightening it. Yeah. yeah. More specific. Yeah. I get what they're doing. Um, I, I, did, I also did not like the um, Roosevelt. So it wasn't my favorite, but he was my favorite assassin. Zangara was your favorite assassin? <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. That is a really weird friggin' take. I know. That is. <laughs> I know, but he was. I just really enjoyed... I just really enjoyed his... Taking it. I don't know why I was How would you describe delighted his? by him. <laughs> like, what what would you say his take was that delighted you? Uh I don't I don't know why. It just really I was interested in what he was having to say. I thought I really enjoyed the um his assassination attempt. There were two that also involved the crowd, and his was one of them. What was the other one? Uh, Trollg- uh, not Trollg- yes, Trollgush. Yeah, because Trollg- yeah, Trollg- he stands yeah. in line. Um, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Trollgush gets like a lot more. Mm-hmm. He's, he's successful. A lot more to, yeah, yeah, a lot more in the show also. Yeah. Just like yeah. more background. Yeah, because we get like the whole bottle moment. So and then like yeah. he also with the anarchist. Right, exactly. Yeah. Emma Goldman. Yes. yes. Thank you. So we I don't get. I know she's a woman, so you don't remember she's her. She's a woman, so I don't remember her. <laughs> Famously, I hate women. I don't date them. You and Steve Sondheim. Just kidding. Yet another thing that you and Sondheim have in common. <laughs> yes. The only thing. Our hatred of women. But I thought it was interesting uh, in in the same looking at what it means to be part of the American story and like not just executing the tragedy, but being part of the tra- like bearing witness to the tragedy. And mm-hmm. then those people still coming to witness like him going out. I just really enjoyed the setup of that scene like the song was not so interesting but i thought that bringing in people like 
to view, to witness. Like, well, I was there and that's why I saved Roosevelt's mm. life. I saved Roosevelt's life. I, like, you're all doing the same. You're all just trying to claim a little bit the of American the fame. Yeah, yeah, you're just trying to all be part of history, but yours is sanctioned and obviously murder is not sanctioned. I'm not caping for murder. Like, just <laughs> general caveat for this In episode. In case was wondering, I'm not Meryl's saying a show for murder. murder people. <laughs> but I just think it's an interesting look at both sides of what is essentially the same coin, which is just that you're trying to be yeah, fame. be famous. The, the, yeah, attaining fame. They want attention. Or yeah. the American dream or being part of history or whatever that prize is for you. Yeah. Um, we Question all on it. that. Where do you fall on something just broke? Do you like it? Do you hate it? You'll have to you tell me, me to remind who you of it. did that? Amazing. So something just broke was yeah. added um, later. For the revival. Yeah. yeah. And it's a song after the JFK assassination. Yes. And it's like um, the chorus sings it and it's like uh, they're, they're not attention seeking but they're like it's all these people reflect like who feel like at different points of history where it's like the public response of like, yeah. that, you know, like something just kind of broke in the fabric of like what we understand our country to be. It's like the aftermath of an assassination or assassination attempt. And it's, I don't know. I've, mm. I don't, I don't really, sometimes I think that song is terrible and other things I think it's brilliant and I don't yeah. think there's like a one or the other, but people do feel strongly about that song. I didn't love it. Surprisingly, yeah. even though I, yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't my favorite, but it was also towards the end and yeah. I was cognizant of time running. Sure. <laughs> no, well, and it say. does kind of, uh, it, it kind of, uh, deflates. Like, yeah. You're like, yeah. Cause yeah. like you have this like very climactic scene with yes. him getting shot. Yeah. And I think that's quite of the point. Like it is supposed to deflate, even mm -hmm. if that's like an unpleasant experience to, yeah. to be deflated, but it's like, oh yeah, people are affected, you know, right. by yeah. this. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like. I yeah I don't know how I feel about it I I'm trying to th I I don't I'm sorry I don't you went into the it. podcast without a strong opinion about everything <laughs> I know I'm sorry <laughs> I don't even really the, but the problem is, is don't I don't really it, remember it's not it a very memorable because song. it's not yeah. a memorable yeah. moment yeah. Um, the memorable moment is everyone convincing Lee Harvey Oswald to shoot, to shoot. JFK yeah. that's the most memorable moment of the show yeah. yeah um and yeah like you said it deflates you so quickly. Like I get falling action. Like I, I understand <laughs> story you know structure. The Denim Wild. The Denim Wild. Thank you. Um, like I get that, but it just happens so, so fast. Yeah. It does undercut the moment, I feel. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick break and then we will be right back. back with act two which is whatever part of the assassins we feel like talking about next Amen. so we talked about your favorite assassin kate mm -hmm. who's your favorite yeah. assassin mm. well for what for what purpose like mm. in just in the show in the show um well i agree actually i think Gato's song is the best one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i'm also a fan of Chol gosh in yeah. terms of um his his story and the music for him um yeah, not not the biggest shill for Hinkley or mm -hmm. for uh, the ladies, um, yeah. as it were. Yeah. Um, Sam Bick, I actually liked Sam Bick more in the 2022 than Mario Cantoni controversial okay. take. Um, is that your spiciest take? Your, I know we were <laughs> I just know, I was asking. I trying to think of my spiciest take. Is I mean, I just have a lot of spicy takes from recent production, oh, but I think, um, yeah, I, mm, that's probably not my spiciest. I'd say that's like a. 
like a like a six at Han Dynasty. Okay. Probably. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like a medium spice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Palatable. Right. You can yeah, still you handle could, it. You could do it. Well, I just thought he he was very um, uh, like the I forget the name of the actor who did it in the 2022 production, but shout out to that guy. <laughs> um, but no, he's it seemed really um like. Uh, thoughtful and passionate and emotional and yeah. um, like nuanced and I just liked the take overall. Thought it was mm-hmm. a well done. Um, like I, I believed him. I was yeah. Like, yeah. No. This. Uh, this. This seems like you would be this person in the Santa suit with these feelings. Like yeah. 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 Andy Gretolution. Andy Gretolution. Yeah. Congrats, Andy. Good you job. You did it. Me. Yeah, I feel like that rant could very easily get into crazy person on the sidewalk that you're not listening yeah. to. Oh, absolutely. So anytime someone can deliver it, it and you're compelling. like, yeah, yeah, and you're compelled by it, I think that's really yeah. uh, speaks, especially not to be gross, but especially living in New York City where I feel I'm exposed to a lot of insane rants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, a, and, a lot, and a lot of Santa cons. And a lot of Santa A lot of so fucked many. up Santas yes. in my life. If, <laughs> if not, it's more often than not if yeah. you see a Santa, they're fucked up. It's yeah. a bad oh, experience absolutely. for you. I'm now yeah. actively afraid Avoiding of Santas. Santas. Yeah. yeah. Yes. More <laughs> yeah. than I was just growing up as the Jewish child that I was. So and still am. That's yes. the real war on Christmas. Santa con. It's true. And nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Except for us. And the three Except of us, us right here. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. Yeah. But I Tucker think, Carlson, uh, ask us on your show. <laughs> Gross. Um, I, I just want him to ask so I can turn so him down. I can say no. I was just rewatching the John Stewart, like back in oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the crossfire, you know, back in like 04. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he when John Stewart like went on, like, went was, on like, was like, like you guys here's need why you're to bad. Stop. It was great. <laughs> yeah. What a good time. Also the same year as Assassins. Was Whoa. that a, uh, I don't think that's a coincidence. And the good news is it worked. It did work. <laughs> it we worked. never God. had to deal with Tucker Carlson we, ever yeah, again. No. We're just remembering and him the fondly was from fixed. the past. Yeah. It was fixed. Everything got better. Thank goodness. Thank God for John Stewart, honestly. He saved us. You saved us. Connor, same question to you. Who's your favorite assassin? I I don't know. That one's hard. I feel like... Who's the hottest? Well, well okay. The, Depending the on which production. production, it is Ethan Slater. Um, John, that, John Hinckley was hot. Oh, John Hinckley, yeah. yeah. Wait, who played John um, Hinckley? Remind me again. Chandler Barat. Oh, is okay. it Barat or I'm going to do a quick Goog. Um, John Hinckley Jr., Adam Chandler Barat. Um, he is... Strikingly They're hot. Strikingly hot. Uh, okay. I've been in love with him for several years. Are uh, you unworthy of his love? I am unworthy of his love. <laughs> He's much hotter than I am. Like, easily a 10. I'm at best Nine a Midwest a 6. Connor, you are selling yourself short. <laughs> um, He's fine. <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. Um, no, I don't. God, I don't know. Because I really, really love the scene between... Lee Harvey Oswald and um, Booth. Mm-hmm. And all the rest of the assassins. And all the rest of the assassins. So I want to say it's Lee Harvey Oswald, but he doesn't really like do anything in that No. Yeah. He just gets motivated to yeah, do something to by do the something. others. Yeah. No, I mean, Booth is the leader. And, yeah. uh, and Booth, I would say, also gets one of the best songs. 100%. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I would probably say either Booth or Gato are like my favorite of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Cholgash's song, but yeah. he doesn't sing it. The ballad that's true. Yeah, yeah. So true. I I would say as a character, I was interested the most in Joel Gosh. Yeah. Just because he gets so you get so much more backstory. Uh, the only other characters you get that much time with are the women, mm-hmm. I think. Mm. In terms of uh, Gato, 
is also around a lot. But I just feel like you get more of like what he's about, what he does, what his life is like pre assassination. Uh, mm-hmm. Although related to that spicy take mm-hmm. bar scene, bad scene. Yeah. I think With that's a bad when scene. When Hinkley breaks the glass. Yeah. 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 When they're all yeah. just hanging out together. It's just so like, it, it's the it's one that feels most like it's pitched in a college class. Yeah, it's the very you know, the six of it all. Look, yeah. all these dead yeah. people get to hang out together. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like what? Let, what if they were all in the same room? Yeah, what would they say to each other? But they have knowledge of each like, other, each other, and what they've all done. It's yeah. just an inter- It's I'm not okay interesting. With that. It's, just it's, it's just that it all strange. feels. It all feels like let's imagine what each of them would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's go through that. that. Like, like that seems save that for your improv exercise. Yes. yes, you don't need yeah. to put that on stage. It feels the most collegey to me in a way. <laughs> that feels like quite amateurs for John White. Yeah, that. keep that in your rehearsal yeah. space. That yeah. doesn't need to come. To yeah, that yeah. It stage. feels like a character exercise. Yeah. It feels like do that like, before the show. Let's like let's like get into our characters and see like what would they if you put them in a room. Conversation. What are they saying to each other? Like that's. Yeah. Oh. And my then God. we just put it in the show. It was like, wow, that was yeah. really that was a really oh. insightful exercise we did. Maybe we should just maybe we should put it in the show. That really See if hurt audiences us. like it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I then like I didn't love the like nods. Like you should really get that stomach looked. I don't know. I, there was just like nods to things that I was like, okay, it's a little. It's too yeah. knowing. It's too winking. It's too. It's too much for me. I got that. I do like the gun song. The gun yeah. song is very good. Gun song's good. Um, and I, yeah, uh, I had a thought and I lost it. Classic you. What's your spicy take? <laughs> My spiciest take about the show? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Think on it. Yeah, Kate? It. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like. I know you have one locked in my mind. cut all of that. <laughs> well, I, spicy takes about the, the production, most, most recent production, I think, spicy take about the show overall, mm-hmm. apart from the production, is like I don't know if it is inherently still an interesting question to ask. Okay. Oh, okay. I think it's a it's one that can be interesting and useful depending on how it is directed. The question specifically being of like what role like uh, how does the American dream mm-hmm. like s- screw us up? <laughs> like yeah. how does it you know yeah. like how does trying to attain failure it, to attain yeah like uh, yeah and like what does that do for us as a country right. And I just don't know how much I care about mm-hmm. the American dream. Well, because we've been having yeah. like that almost almost exactly that conversation since 2016. Yeah, and I think as a nation, we're fine. As a generation, we're finding disillusionment. Oh, we with the American dream. The, the assumption is that it is like we are. We all assume that. Whereas, like when it was first in the 90s, right? Right. Like, that I think we took for granted some value to it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now we take for granted the lack thereof. So I don't know how new asking the question feels anymore. Sure. Mm-hmm. I do I think that. that there's still a production of it can be fantastic and groundbreaking. And yeah. still, totally. you know, because I think even when we think we know that we're disillusioned with it and we think we're past it, there are ways that we are not. And right. it is still like a relevant question. But I just don't think that yeah. the show hits just sort of like a, a regular production of it that doesn't do anything you know, kind of interesting, which is why I understand yeah. right, why, like, yeah, like a in theory, a version like the 2022 production could be great and useful because it's like yeah. it's like a new take, but it's not because it's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's takes. But they don't I don't feel like they added up to anything but yeah. like a lot of like choices yeah. without any kind of coherent. Do you have an opinion or are you just saying a thing that could cohesively be a take? Like, are you. It, like toothless right. is what you said earlier. Yeah, I think that's toothless. a great way to yeah. describe that. Yeah. 
I think lean into the disillusionment. If we are all disillusioned with the American dream, how how far does your disillusionment go? Like, are you so disillusioned you kill over it? Does it lead to, you know, like you can ask that yeah. that question, I think, just from the other side of it. But how useful is it is a really great yeah. question in the end. I think you could we getting at? really like use that as and this is again, it would have to go into like your interpretation and like how you're using the characters. Um, but you can mm -hmm. really use sort of like what you were talking about earlier. You can use the balladeer as like essentially whitewashing history. Mm -hmm. Like you can lean into the disillusionment of the assassins. And then here comes the balladeer as the personification of America saying like, here's the story. Here's the, here's yeah. the story we're going to tell you. Mm -hmm. And like, if, but that you really have to lean into that disillusionment in mm -hmm. order for that to work. And I think, <laughs> spicy take uh, not my spiciest but the spicy take I have is I don't think that we are there yet national that feels very um, what's the word I'm like feels very TikTok? online generation. Yeah. Oh, a thousand it's percent. That yet, is an extremely it's not online yet Although true sees assassins though, right? Like truly, you know, that's it's, true. it's not a very produced production. It's not, no. it's not like we're yeah. every regional theater is like, yes, what I want to do is mm -hmm. assassins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's like a very New York, like, you know, totally. we all vote for the same people. Exactly. Kind of yeah, and, absolutely. and I think there is I can't more... imagine people in the Midwest are clamoring for yeah. this production. Like if what we're talking about here is more of a left approach or like yes we're acknowledging the whitewashing of history we're going from there I think there's still a little too much liberalism that would push back against it. like I think the people you're selling tickets to yeah. still believe in the American dream because largely a lot of them have achieved it quote unquote right yep. oh sorry that's our motorcycle drive by <laughs> they just do it every Sunday every Sunday um, but yeah no, I but think right. that I think that it would be a harder thing to to sell. Especially, I don't know, you think about like the Hamilton of it all in recent years. But then like I when also, that got everybody yeah, fucking hard as a rock for as a America. Rock. But also I think about like the idea of like Hadestown where there's totally. somebody putting a show up that is beloved, that is to their face critiquing capitalism. I just think it's sneaky enough to yeah, get away with that it. You can say you it. Can oh. look at, Hamilton, you can overlook it. But Hamilton makes a, it has a, it has a very clear point of view mm -hmm. in yeah. terms of like telling the American story and, you know, what it is trying to do and say, I think Assassins, to its credit, does not have a point of view. True. Right. Like, I think that, I would agree with a, that. a director has a, might have a point of view. Mm -hmm. I yes. don't think that the show no. has a, a take that it is like declaring for you to walk away with, which I like about it. Same. Besides just the, I think the only real thing, right. It's, it's, it's arguing that we should be questioning the American dream, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's not arguing that it is wrong or right. It's that just it's good like, or bad that it exists yeah, or it but doesn't. But it's like, ask the question. Right. Yeah. Which I do think like, depending on the director could play well in a lot of different like communities and political bends. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's just also not one that every community is going to be comfortable asking. And also with the yeah. vehicle of like, Putting even just like and that and Sondheim like I think spoke about this one or very a very long time ago of like you know some people are just not gonna want to see assassins in a musical yeah True. you know like people who they consider villains like even having any having exactly. any empathy for those yeah. people yeah. that's true so you know I think that's also a though a piece I have of to too. imagine in today's landscape of thousands upon thousands of hours of true crime podcasts you know it's, <laughs> there's got to be a market for that yeah <laughs> sure. yeah well I think the antihero is a thing we're more comfortable with now but Absolutely. I don't know that they necessarily even are that because the show 
questions if they're good even, or yeah like yeah. should they even be up here on stage right. and the balladeers kind of doing that yeah. you know i would agree with that i think it probably depends on your personal obviously all of this is filtered through your own personal lens that's just the nature of art but i think that y- you're right the fact that it's so opened open-ended makes it less like cloying makes yeah. it like, like y- Hamilton has a point of view yeah mm-hmm. and if you're not on board with the founding fathers were great we love them America is good then it feels very like I don't I just don't know yeah. about that but this is very like I think you can take lots of things away from it uh humanity what it means to be good or bad what it means to achieve the American I do think dream. the open-endedness of it though is kind of rare for musical theater 100 oh, like, percent I would you know and especially agree. and that's like not I mean, it's the kind of thing that you would you would think maybe would be like increasing, and it's not. Like I yeah. don't. I yeah. think that if anything, it's people maybe like a decreasing. Bow. I don't know. People yeah. and I, I people want a would, clear yeah. moral that like wraps it all. They up. need yeah. that, and I think you're seeing that in. I think that's sort of the discourse around film at this juncture, film and television yeah. in the same way. It's very like, oh, if the characters on screen and they're doing something, then the person who wrote them doing that thing thinks it's good and should be celebrated. That, or like, they think it's bad. We've been and, talking about that we, in literature circles agree. for so many yeah. months and it's infuriating. But I mean, I think like I, I see a lot of like discord, not that I watch it, but like I see a lot of like House of Dragons slash Game of Thrones discourse yeah. where it's like you've got one side people who are like, this is disgusting and we shouldn't be like putting the subjugation of women on screen. And then you have the other side of it, which is like, no one's saying that's good. They're making an artistic point, which right. is that it's bad. And like both sides equally valid. If you don't want to see it, you don't have to watch it. But I do right. think that we are compete. Like somehow art criticism has been like so flattened as to be like, you have to decide if this is morally good or morally bad. And that's the, the, only, question. And that's the only, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's the, the only, only question. question that's being asked. Right. Yeah. Like, are they good? And if yes, then everything they do is good and they're right. not allowed mm. to be bad at all. Spicy take. Yeah. Is that Breaking Bad's fault? <laughs> I listen. I, I blame a lot of things Marvel. on Vince Gilligan, and I will blame some this on it too. I, would, okay. I think Breaking Bad predates oh, Marvel in yeah, that, like by yeah, a couple in the sense years. that it's like here's a show where the point of it is to watch someone become an antihero, mm-hmm. right. like that. That is, and so the entire question of the show is just about like the moral value or lack thereof of the protagonist, and yeah, that, that was then sure. like okay, so let's make all TV shows about like that, which um, is yeah, and so I feel like cloying. what's nice about What's lovely about assassins <laughs> is that it like completely doesn't it doesn't care about that. Yeah, it doesn't no. like yeah. it just takes for granted that these people did or tried things that are we as a society have decided are wrong. Mm-hmm. And but but what about why they did it? Mm-hmm. What about like right. what would drive someone to do that? And what about like how does that relate to everyone regardless of the like that we we all are choosing not to do that or not to to mm-hmm. take our beliefs to that level, but you know, yeah. Like, yeah. And I think the interesting thing about Assassins in terms of audience reception, especially like when it first came out, um, would be that like people have a very strong feeling about assassination specifically, like in different than true crime, right? Yeah. Different yeah. than serial killers who are Which arguably they, are like right, but who kill yeah. people who, right, are who not kill people for no right. reason yeah. at all. Uh, just they just do. And you're like. You can find the humanity in that somehow, but God forbid someone break the rules mm-hmm. and kill someone who has pa- who is 
has power. There's notoriety to it. And that's, right? and, like, but that's like that's it's the, the not having respect for the yeah. office thing. It's very much like yeah. Well, it's it's the idea of like it's kind of goes into the hair of it all, all. Like you're disrespecting the country. Yeah. But um, that is like also the point in the Lee Harvey Oswald and John Wilkes Booth scene mm-hmm. where he says like murder is just a tawdry little right. thing. What we're asking you to do is something a political much statement. More I don't know. Bigger. I don't agree that it's not having respect for bigger, it though. I think if anything, bigger. it's saying. Like uh, this is a higher office, and mm-hmm. because we have all, because we respect it, quote unquote, like mm-hmm. that is why now I'm important is because I killed someone or I tried mm-hmm. to kill someone in that office. What I'm saying is yeah. I think audiences react the way because they yeah. are disrespecting the yeah. audience. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's like office. it's a more yeah. egregious. Yeah, like right. It's sad when someone gets stabbed in Oklahoma, right? But it's not right. It's not. It's more viscerally upsetting to not see anyone get actually shot. But but the implication that a president was shot makes it more important. It's interesting, right? Because we, uh, we, if we. if people like Shakespeare, mm-hmm. right? Which who knows if they do, but if there are, if there do are people like who Shakespeare? do, hot take, right? But it's like that. That's there are plenty of Shakespeare plays about like the the kings themselves who yeah, would get absolutely. murdered, yeah, but not necessarily about the people doing the murdering. The murdering. The but murdering, then there's plenty right. where it is about the murdering, but it's not as though that is the entire like the story is not. Let's let's watch the murderer who killed right. the important person and just have them up on stage the entire time. But some of that is that there, some there is it. some Shakespeare yeah. of that. Yeah. 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 I just think I would hope that it would get a better reception now, but I would be interested to see the reception now. I also think, I think it was a pretty mixed reception. The, it was, but it's also again, because of the choices, the choices, like the New York times did not like it. The review that I read was very not, not, not necessarily that they don't like negative, the source material, like, just that they no, don't they like, like the, the interpretation. Yeah. Well, cause yeah. it, and like the, I mean, I, I like the times, uh, hated the face masks choice. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so, uh, for listeners who don't know who somehow didn't see the production in the two months that I played, um, there was and how could in you not? New York how could City you not? in the middle of the pandemic, uh, in the middle of the winter as well. There was, a um, uh, the beginning of the show, they took off, they had face masks, like COVID face masks. That were fabric, uh, which also not effective against Omicron, but that's fine. Um, they had, um, I guess that was just before Omicron or just as, no, that's not true. It was just as it was hitting. Um, but mm-hmm. that wasn't the point. Uh, they had <laughs> face masks that had the American flag on it yeah. that they had on at the beginning. And then they like took them off like when they began to sing. And then uh, at the very end of the show, they put them back on again. And also when they like sometimes, I think when they entered and exited the stage and there was a talk back afterwards where they asked John Doyle, like someone asked about mm-hmm. the meaning of it. And he was like, well, it's both to uh, show uh, the uh, the way that they're becoming like part of one unit, but then they take them off and then they're then they are individuals when they take off their masks. And also when they have them on, it's like they're being muzzled. It's like they're you know, their voices are being controlled. And I'm like, all of this is such it's like I, I get it. You're not an American director. And yeah. so you don't none of this is like hitting the way maybe that maybe you th- how none of this that makes me right. concerned for your politics, right. frankly. Right. Like. <laughs> and it's like, if anything, it's like the, we, if we, we think of face masks, right. As right. like, not that it's hiding your individualism, my no. God, but like that it's right. It's like saying that like, 
I'm part of the greater good. I want to like protect right. other people. Right. And it's like an act of like service to myself and to the people around to me. To community. To community. And it's it's like, no, we're we're blending in in uniformity. And it's like it just such a weird choice. even if that even if there's a, a philosophical argument for that concept, it just so has nothing to do with, with the, how we actually yeah. consider face masks right. as part of this pandemic. And also, I'm pretty sure the production closed because everybody got COVID. Everybody got so COVID. That didn't, yeah. I was just going to say, I feel like what what <laughs> this is, is that like the theater was like, we need the we, because you have to like the audience is masked. Like we should also all be masked as well. Um, but. We're but not going to perform like a minute. But it's only yeah. for the minute. But what I'm saying is like they want to prove to the audience that the uh, the actors are masked and then they're not like coming on stage. It feels very COVID theater uh, or it like is. COVID safety theater. And then uh, John Doyle is just like looking for an excuse to yeah. say yeah. it's part of the show. I thought it hit more as like a more as an artistic. Tr- I mean, there, and there was like a an American flag painted on the ground. I don't yeah, care. What, yeah. what is, oh, because they're walking. Like, what does that mean? Right. What am I getting out? Like, what is the meaning I'm gleaning from this? Or Again, from, Again, that feels yeah. very, like, 1990s liberalism. Like, that just feels very, like, but a if flavor that's even of what liberalism that doesn't exist in it a younger generation still, but now. But, like, not in our generation. But really. I don't know if that's really even the point that it was making, the yeah. fact of the, the flag. Like, that's, I could see that being the point sure. that it's making, but it's also just kind of, like, Hmm, put a flag on the ground. It's right. some, it's something edgy. spicy. It's something edgy. It could be something weird. Right. Could be. Could but be. Sounds we're not like gonna a use slur. it. Right. And that's even right. sounds like a like, slur. It's not. It's nothing. But uh, but yeah. someone might think that it is. Like, Come to bits over Broadway for flag slur discourse. Yeah, that's right. And I said flag. Flag slur. That is what you said. We all saw it. We that's all what it. F slur means, right? Yeah, F slur. Flag, flag slur. <laughs> but even the actors playing the music, like playing the. Yeah. instruments too it's like what and they were all costumed as mm-hmm. in jumpsuits yeah the like all, everyone jumpsuit? who was like what's her like prison jumpsuits i don't know i don't really yeah. what they were going for red, white, they were wearing it was the red, same white, as blue. what the um as what the balladeer was wearing and the balladeer takes off yes he unzips it and he is lee harvey oswald and he turns into lee harvey oswald. and it's like all right Fine yeah. symbols that don't mean it's what a like bummer for your costuming department. Yeah, <laughs> how excited would you be like, oh, we're doing assassins, great! I get to do time periods. They still got to do yeah, history. Like, oh, okay. it was, just, okay. it was like, just the chorus. The chorus. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. I was I, like, oh, I'd be yeah. fucking pissed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I have to just do jumps. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's good. Glad to hear it. Speaking of Lee Harvey Oswald, is this musical a musical about family? No. Is it a musical about found family? About found family, maybe. But it's no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> There's a there was a director who could do that convincingly. It's not John Doyle, but yeah, yeah. I was just uh, before when I was preparing for the mm. show. Uh, yeah, my, you, you know, an actor prepares, mm-hmm. and um, I am an actor. <laughs> at uh, the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm an actor. I'm kind of an actor. Uh, I do perform. Uh, <laughs> But like uh, one of the themes that I was reading about on Wikipedia was like, (laughs) you could make an argument that it is family, uh, like a found family musical, because at the end in that scene, uh, they're like, I mean, they literally sing at him. Yeah. We are your family. Like connect to us. You want uh, uh, like that. Exactly. You want family. We're your family. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. In that sense, the assassins are sort of being the CIA, telling Lee Harvey Oswald yeah, to absolutely. shoot JFK. Yeah, this was my interpretation yeah, of that I scene. Mean, 
famous conspiracy theories here on the podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we did do a conspiracy theory episode for quarantine. Where was Prescott Bush? What was going on? <laughs> there are questions to be asked. Anyway, I <clears throat> I'll be honest. I felt like also just general. Um, it must have been in the Wikipedia. Someone was like asking Stevens on it, like, why would why did you write this? Yeah. <laughs> and he he was like the impetus, or at least what I took away from the interview was the impetus was was the JFK assassination was mm. like, obviously, I'm sure for him that is like foundational. Right. Everyone remembers where they were when JFK was shot. Were they around? Right. Um, and I think that does color your whole in the same way that 9-11. Yeah. It's, for our it's right. It's their 9-11 first. Um, and so I am so interested because you would think for something to be that like if that's the moment you're choosing to create a whole musical around, it's so like, yeah, it's so small. <laughs> I would have thought it would take up more of the musical, but it just. He's but I just think there that the they end. with what they with it works the, with the economy that it takes up in the show. Yeah. I feel like it is still very impactful. Super powerful. Yeah. yeah Super and structurally, powerful. It's like, especially if you do have the balladeer be the same, yeah. it's like, it's all kind of leading towards it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't take up that as much time. Right. And I do think there's like, he's not a terribly developed character. Like it's, no. you know, um, not that any of them are really like, I think maybe Booth gets the most kind of character development. Yeah. Yeah. Were I to choose a yeah. main character, I would, would say, say it's John Wilkes Booth. Booth yeah. I feel. Yeah. But I think, but Lee Harvey Oswald is necessary to the, like to all of the rest of the mattering. Mm-hmm. And so like without him and without his choice, it's like the show doesn't happen. Right. So I think right. that that's kind of where that comes into play. Yeah. It's, um, I, I, I liked it. I just found myself being like, what, what is this now? Why are we doing this now? Again, I watched a VHS taping of, a, of, of the Broadway show from what is very clearly rare mezzanine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, with a full push in, yeah. like at one point I did look and I was squinting very hard. And then uh, the Baldur started saying, I was like, well, that does sound like Neil Patrick Harris, <laughs> but I couldn't tell you if it was or not because his me, face it's just is a blur. A blur. <laughs> so that also probably impacted. I'm wishing that I had yeah. seen a better production. Or I, that you could go back in time and see it as a child like I did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a uh, child of four. Yes. <laughs> Famously four. When I was very Famously young in 2004. So, I wasn't yeah. even born yet. Oh I was but, but a babe. In but utero. a babe. <laughs> I saw it through my mother's womb. Right at the belly button people. Um, yeah. Just uh, anything else? Any final, anything we missed? I'm trying to look through the song list and. I don't think so. Decide. Mm. Any other spicy takes? Yeah. Oof, thinking about it. Thinking about it. You know, Hinkley is not only out of jail, but yeah, singing again. And he's he's uh, performing. We should yeah. go to a show. Going on concerts. <laughs> we should go right now yeah, to go see actually, him Actually, we should. I also yeah. thought it was an interesting choice to include. Well, it's not interesting because it was it happened like what f- four years after the assassination attempt. So obviously the uh, ire towards Hinckley was at an all time high. But like yeah. he very clearly was experiencing a psychotic break. Oh like, well, I mean all of them. Were. Not a well person, <laughs> but I mean yeah. like 
he then claimed like, oh, yeah, the, the reason that it's so hard now to to claim insanity is because of John Hinckley. Oh, like, interesting. He claimed it got a like lessened sentence. And then America was like, that is fucked up that mm. you can just say you are crazy and try and shoot the president and not get put to death for it, basically. So like it essentially like, wow. <laughs> like made the carceral system even worse cool. by like being like mental health not a factor um and yet here we are every i can't even get into like it. <laughs> obviously trying to kill people not great no. but i do think it's an interesting like this man was delusional and maybe all of them were delusional right like maybe to a certain point maybe i would say yeah to some extent Char- like charles Gateau, i would argue absolutely. certainly experiencing a break from reality mm-hmm. of some kind yeah like it's just an um and to me it's a more interesting angle and a more interesting thing to look at like which is just a personal way to view it i don't think there's a way that you no direct the show that's like make it more about mental health like i'm not suggesting that but i find it to be a more interesting portrayal when you're like considering well there is a difference though in like how you someone like booth versus someone like and and trollgosh compared to like a toe yeah in how you direct it because like totally you know and and just the and it's and i think it's inherent in it like i think booth is uh, and I, I don't know enough about his like real life kind of mental state, sure. but I do think that like uh, we are meant to believe that this is driven by his beliefs in a way mm-hmm. that was consistent and um, like could be the case for anyone now with mm-hmm. like the same set of beliefs yeah. Absolutely. versus like. Yeah, where it is just fully a, a sense of delusion mm-hmm. and yeah. not just delusion, but like not just in terms of the American dream, but also just like. In what you think your role is, and yeah. but I think the they all have in common, at least in terms of the show, whether or not this was true for reality, right? That like the the disillusionment with the American dream and with their like feeling like they have a right to something, right. some yeah. some piece of it, right? Yeah. There's that. Where's my prize? Right, the not and the right that not the sun, but maybe one of its beams. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a really nice line for yeah. that too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, mm. yeah, it's a it's an interesting show. I, one of my. Obviously, I'm the Sondheim mm-hmm. uh, newbie. Whenever we do a Sondheim <laughs> yeah, show, obviously, like the likelihood <laughs> that I've seen it or heard it very low, right? Um, but I think this is one of my one of the production one of my more favorite. It's Sondheim very experimental. Shows. It's I very really like Brechtian, it. yeah. if you will. Oh, bring it full circle. Because the artists of the theater are right there. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very true. You never oh think you're God. actually in a carnival. Because why, <laughs> why, why, why would I go to a carnival? like that? <laughs> Just in general. Just in general. In general. First of all, I'd never so pay true. $100 to go to a carnival. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to a carnival for would be funnel cake. And I can Thank just you. get that. Like, Is at, the worst thing corn. about the musical assassins. Is that, that they don't serve funnel cake? They never even bring it up. I, <laughs> not even a cent. Not even a mention. We're not, not going to waft mention. it in like waitress. No. That's what I would do. <laughs> Let me direct assassins. Why did John Doyle not put the scent of funnel cake? Yeah, what the that was fuck? his greatest. His greatest. That was flaw. honestly the my hottest take about the 2022. Yeah, <laughs> second no greatest flaw was no old man in the lobby stirring a cauldron of kettle corn, which uh, is a carnival experience that I cherish. Honestly, <laughs> I'm mad about it. I'm mad about it. Um. Okay. If no final thoughts, let's move to man in chair. Kate, ready? Kate, man Me? chair this yeah. for us. What's that? Why do you love Why this do you love show? the show? I mean, we oh. I know we just spent like two hours talking about yeah. it, but okay. hit the highlights for us, a recap. Um This is the TLDR. <laughs> <laughs> 
it is like no other show. Uh, It is uh, looks at uh, what it means to uh, be part of this country and to try to attain some semblance of the American dream Mm -hmm. and that that dream is fundamentally a broken thing Mm. and the pursuit of it is going to screw you up no matter what. But some people are going to take a very different approach to trying to achieve it than others. And um, that is part of our story, too. Yeah. And these are the people who, for many reasons, many of them are not part of our story to Meryl's original point of not knowing mm. who <laughs> most of these people are. <laughs> and how how what role do they play in how we understand ourselves? And what is the fact of us ignoring them and trying to pretend like they're not part of our story? Also a big part mm-hmm. of who we are. Wow. Mm. Oh, the smartest manager I've ever had. Correct. Connor manager this for us. Uh, <laughs> and dumb it down quick before I have to go. I was going to say, <laughs> I like the song. <laughs> I like the song where they they shoot the fried chicken bucket. I like the, I love the song when they shoot the fried chicken bucket. <laughs> Connor loves misogyny. I do. He's, he hates women. I don't know how many times I can say this. If we've said it once, we've what said Connor it twice. What Connor loves most about assassins is that he is hates that women. He's the misogyny. <laughs> so true. So true. It's my favorite part. I really, I really do enjoy the show. I think it's um, an interesting uh, piece of his work, um, just conceptually. Like you said, it's very experimental. I was, I was trying to think as you were talking, like, is this his most experimental show? And I don't know if I would say that. What would you say is his most experimental show? Mm. Well, I mean, like merrily, because you're going backward in time instead of forward. Yeah, but it is continuous. That's true. But Company also is very, like, out yeah. of time. Yeah. So you can kind of make it. But Company is also very cohesive in the sense that you're focusing on one group of people who are actually existing in the same time period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, this, it's you're pulling from disparate eras yeah. of American history. So maybe this is his most conceptual or, like, experimental show. Um, which I think is really exciting um, because I just love when Steve Samheim has fun. <laughs> um, but And I also really like the music. I think what he did with the music and like incorporating stuff from the time period mm-hmm. of the assassins, that's really interesting. Um, this oh. is kind of like, was this his first in like his America um, like Sweet. era that he was doing? Because he was doing this and then like was Roadshow after this? Yes. Yeah. So like this was like the beginning of I his life. I forget life. about Roadshow. So. Well, everyone does. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his America. So what are you talking about? <laughs> his suite of what? Yeah. His suite of lies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. I just think it's an interesting like era of his where he's like uh, looking at American history and what it means. And, yeah. Um, the questions that we have about it. And I think he, he raises a lot of good questions that, you know, we have a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, Meryl, manager. Good. Um, <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed it. I would, you know, going back, had I thought about this, I would have gone to the Lincoln Center Library <laughs> and watched <laughs> the 2004 professional recording of this, I guess. Um, no, I I did really enjoy it. I I guess I like anti-hero things. <laughs> I don't know. This is making me reevaluate so much about my Are life. Are you going to go watch Breaking Bad after this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, because I, I don't agree with how good the people on Meth's Teeth look. Um, <laughs> that's my one critique of Breaking Bad. Otherwise, no, no. Unrealistic. No, no. <laughs> True. Uh, no, I think that I, am, I really like all of the... Uh, music 
this is one of my favorite like and the least um difficult fun time i've ever heard I interesting feel like. in terms of like i feel like he's super dense lyrically and mm. like likes to pack a lot of stuff in likes to really make you think and this one i felt i could digest as a dumb woman i felt, <laughs> well, yeah. i felt spoken to um the squeaky from of my time nah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is what you are known as so. that's what they call me yeah, yeah. uh yeah i i recommend i just I would be interested. I'm really glad I watched the show versus just listening to the music. I think I would have missed a lot had I just listened to the music. Although I'm not sure if the cast recording includes a lot of the um, spoken bits. The the original off Broadway does, and or the it only it has it has the full scene between uh, the assassins and Lee Harvey Oswald. Sure, but not like any of like Sam Beck's. um, Oh, the the O4 one does. The 041 does. Okay. And I haven't listened to the, because um, they did a cast recording of the 2022 yeah. production, but okay. I don't know. I haven't listened to it. I haven't okay. either. Yeah. That would be a bummer to not, especially to miss the Sam Bick stuff. So yeah. I'm glad that I watched it. And I think my suggestion would be if you can watch it, mm-hmm. do, um, do not watch the 2018 Boston University production. <laughs> That is on YouTube. I'm so, so saws to be you, but please, it's tough. Um, Yeah, ultimately, I like it. Good job, Steve. An A. Uh, (laughs) You crushed it once again. He was waiting for our validation. And I know that. And we're so sorry that you got it to you after you passed on. Yeah. (laughs) What? Also, Uh, he had just died like a week before I saw it. That's it right. Yeah. I remember there were two. I, it's it was, all coming back it to me now. Yes. It's all I was. We don't have the right oh, Sorry. Please. <laughs> Somebody we, called David Foster. <laughs> I'm getting him on the horn. Um, Kate, do you have anything to plug? I, I do have something to plug. Oh, we love when they plug. Just, just like Charles J. Gateau, I too wrote a book. So, uh, but I have not killed any presidents in pursuit of um, advertising yet. it I was just at this saying, point yeah. in my life. Um, we'll see old. how the sales go. Um, but uh, that's, you know, if you want to prevent me from killing a president, <laughs> buy, buy my, my book. book. Um, <laughs> Women can be murderers, too. That's right. And look, she's not doing it for a man. She's doing it for her career. It's true. And it's not just comic relief, but it is a humor book. It's called Jokes to Offend Men. It is. We love. Yes. No, it's not not called Jokes to Offend Men. We love. It's just called Jokes to Offend Men. Just to be be clear. It is a. Any man will do. (laughs) Any man. Um, Especially ones we don't love. Um, Mm -hmm. It is a. Uh, released on October 25th, but you can Ooh. pre-order it today. Let's yes. do it. Published by Andrews McMeal, and uh, you can buy it anywhere that books are sold. <laughs> we'll love that. <laughs> Especially the internet is a place books are sold, but mm. it's, uh, you know, if you look it up, you'll see it's uh, Simon & Schuster Distributing. So, uh, you know, you can anywhere that they distribute, which is pretty much uh, everywhere. We'll, so link, we'll link an indie bookstore locator. Yeah. In yes, please do. No. Yes, please do. Absolutely. Um, and, Support your uh, local bookstore. Yeah. October 25th and if you are in New York then come to the launch event on October 26th at Wild East Brewing I'll be there which is hosted by Books Are Magic yes. oh uh, which we God. love Books Are Magic they are magic they're the best we so uh, that the 26th. Is, Perfect. Are you I'm free. free. Yay. Yes. And Mitch works late. Come to the launch. <gasps> yeah. Um, my house won't be unoccupied. Actually, we have a big dog and he's mean. Don't come to my house. Yes. Uh, if you're in Chicago, we have an event on November 4th. Ooh. 
Ooh, um, when is this episode going to um, come At out? the bookseller. I don't know when's it we'll coming out. We'll bump it. Is it. Yeah, we can bump it. I'll bump it. it. Yeah. yeah. And November 19th in Boston, not Boston University, at Trident um, Booksellers and Cafe. Uh, nice. So those are a few things upcoming if you're in any of those cities and you listen okay. to this podcast. A book Perfect. tour even. Yes, a little, a little mini book tour, if so you will. Exciting. So exciting. New events being added every day, so stay tuned. Yes. Okay. Not every day, that would be, can you imagine? <laughs> no. So exhausting. Oh, me tell your, book fame. Tell your book agent that this is part of your press tour. Yeah. Oh, I will, yes. I'm supposed to be on podcast, so here's one. Amazing. <laughs> We'll definitely make sure it gets out. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be released on October twenty seventh. Right. Thank you right. So much. Um, okay, Connor. Anything for you to plug? As usual, you can follow me across all platforms at uh, at twelve on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. You can find any of my funny writing at the Onion or any funny videos there. Meryl, how about you? Nothing for me, but you can follow this podcast across all platforms at Bits Over Bway. You can email us bitsoverbway at gmail.com. We are wherever you can find podcasts: Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. If we are not where you listen to a podcast, let us know and we will try to get where you listen to podcasts. We are also on Patreon, patreon.com slash bits over B-Way. We have no paywalled content, uh, but one day we hope to. Maybe even merch. There's no there's no way to know uh, money, please. <laughs> that's, I think that's everything. Yeah. Um, okay. Bye. Bye. I would assume they teach you the difference between Brecht and Boal. <laughs> It's just like the cat skills versus the Adirondacks. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing. Just like that. Yep. Famously. Okay. So did we talk Your about ABCs, the- ABCs, Adirondacks, Brad, and cat skills. <laughs>